0: Good job, good job. All right, look at all of you. Well, this thing fell here and shattered everywhere. So they told me not to mess with it, that, uh, that someone would come along, like Wolverine to take care of things. Wolverine, Logan reference. Okay, you guys need to see better movies. Uh, so today, hey, where are the eighth graders in the room? If you're an eighth grader, raise your hand, raise it high, raise it proud, be proud to be an eighth grader. If you guys have not Did your app, that's not English. If you guys haven't done your application yet for Uganda and you are interested, applications close September 4th. So we'll get through this weekend, we'll have a whole nother week and then we'll have a weekend next weekend and then Monday applications are closed and we're gonna pick the students who are going based on their applications from whatever pool we have. And then once we lock in that group, we will announce the group. And that group, that will, they'll have a big meeting, you know, the end of September. And then they will get ready in October to go for a big Mexico home build together. That will be the first thing this new Uganda team is going to do. And we're going to track through this team the entire year until they leave for Uganda in March. And it's going to be, I'm telling you, I've been to Kenya. And it's not about going to a place... It's about that, that when you do go somewhere, you do not come back the same. That's why we go to camp, right? We go to Uganda for the same reason, that he doesn't he's not different in Uganda, but we tend to hear him differently and see him differently when we're outside the walls of the world that we've built around us. It's going to be a great faith adventure. If you're in eighth grade, I want you to go. And at very least, I want you to apply. Pray about it, think about it. There's going to be cards in the back. Uh, let's nominate someone. Lindsay. She's going to have these cards in the back in the end. Come find her, phlegm dog millionaire, the original Flembowski. You're not going to want to miss Uganda. It's going to be really, really good. All right. <clears throat> so if you weren't at camp, you know, I feel bad for people who weren't at camp. Camp was so fun, man. Yeah, there's things you do at camp. Like, the, the thing, I was talking over with a, a friend of mine today from New York, and I was telling him the things that we were doing at camp. And he was like, dude, he was like, you could never do that in the real world you can only do stuff like that at camp, and I'm like, yeah, you're right. I'm like, I remember, like, I wore board shorts and tank tops like every day. Like, I couldn't do that in the real world. I guess I could, but like, a lot of people they wouldn't accept that if I went to a wedding or a funeral wearing board shorts and a tank top. Guess if it was black, it'd be okay. But a lot of people wouldn't accept that. If a lot of people wouldn't accept that, and I was thinking, man, I went to bed. I remember going to bed eating a greasy hamburger and a milkshake. And I was like, you can only do that at camp. If I look at my wife and she's like, oh, let's get ready for bed. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm super tired. You know what I really want before I go to bed? I really want a burger and a milkshake. Yeah, that's what I I want. But you can't do that. Your parents would look at you and be like, you're not getting, you give some fruit, maybe some yogurt if you're lucky, and you're going to bed. There's things you do at camp that you can't do anywhere else. And there's lessons that we teach at camp that sometimes it feels like, man, camp, like, oh, camp. This lesson that we heard, how we heard God talk about, you know, talked about at camp. Like, you can't get that anywhere. Wrong again. Here's the deal. We, I taught really, really short for about 10 minutes that very last uh, Friday we were there. And I thought I didn't get to talk about that enough. And here's the reason why we're going to talk about it tonight. Talk about the the seven minutes, okay? That's what we're going to talk about tonight. Uh, Who's been doing the devotional? Don't raise your hand, actually. Because if it's not a lot of you, then I don't want anyone to feel bad. That being me, I don't want to feel bad. If you haven't got one, get one. We have them in the back. It's 14 minutes. Now, we're going to talk about why seven minutes with Jesus is an important thing. And then we're going to talk about what we learned today in the devotional. Tomorrow, I'm giving a totally different lesson, talking about what we're going through the devotional tomorrow. And here's the deal. I believe, and you're going to hear me talk about this all year. You're going to hear Jeremy. You're going to hear the staff. You're going to hear Lindsay up here. You're going to hear everyone the whole year talking about When it comes to you taking next steps to your relationship with Jesus, if you can't do 14 minutes a day, then you're just too busy. And I really want you to hear that. So, listen, students, I love you guys. You guys are just great. Listen, I'm a busy guy, all right? I got two kids, all right? One of them doesn't speak English. The other one barely does. You know what it's like managing people that don't speak English? And, like, but they're small and they poop in their diapers. Like, it's very hard, okay? It's a very difficult job, all right? Wait till, wait till your parents and you will feel what I feel. Okay? You'll email me. You'll be like, Giff will be there in his like 30s. He'll be like, oh, Justin, man. Oh, I used to laugh at you. Ha, ha, ha. I'm not laughing now. This kid's ruining me. And like, it'll just be the best ever. And it'll be a photo of you just covered in poop. If you can't find, seriously, if you can't find 14 minutes in your day, you're just too busy. If you feel like, oh, no, but Justin, you don't understand. My grades, listen, listen. Your grades are not more important than 14. Your grades will not fall in the gutter, first of all, if you spend 14 minutes with Jesus. Like, oh, you don't get it, sports and everything. Listen, I've never heard a single story of someone who's torn an ACL because they spent 14 minutes in the morning connecting with Jesus. Oh, you don't get it, Justin, I got this side job, and I got all these chores at home. Listen, listen, you, if you go to your parents and say, hey, mom and dad, I'm going to start my morning off with a devotional, 14 minutes. So I'm going to get to my chores after that. Now, assuming you get to your chores after that, okay, if you can't blow off your chores. And if your parents look at you and they're like, no, no devotional for you, only chores. If they say that, shoot me a phone call and I'll talk to them for you. And I'm I'm so confident that not a single parent would say that. If you looked at him and said, hey, I just wanna start off my morning with, four, with 14 minutes in God's word before I start the chores of Saturday or the chores of Sunday or whatever. Is that cool, mom and dad? Every parent's gonna say yes to that. This is an easy win. So if you're too busy, then you're too busy and you gotta get less busy. And this is what we're gonna learn about. Grab a note paper, grab a pen. Uh, you're gonna want this, okay? I only give this lesson once in a while. I'm not gonna be giving it for a while longer. So I want you guys to get this and learn this, because here's the deal. If you understand the rule of seven, you will understand how to make, and here's the important thing you will understand how to make your faith just that. You will understand how to make your faith your faith if you can understand the rule of seven. So grab a paper, grab a pen, grab a Bible. If you can understand the rule of seven, you can understand how to make your faith just that, your faith. Not your parents' faith, not the faith of the people at Mariner's Christian School or Mission Viejo Christian or wherever you go to school, it doesn't matter. If you understand the rule of seven, you will be able to make your faith your faith. Here's a verse for you, okay? This is the verse I use. It's kind of the backbone of the rule of seven. First Thessalonians. Let me say that again. First Thessalonians 5, 16, 17. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. This is God's will. If you're not paying attention, pay attention. This is God's will for you. If you're ever wondering, man, what's God? You sit there, all right, you're watching the solar eclipse and you're wondering of how small you are in the universe. Okay, that's what I did when I watched the eclipse. I'm watching the eclipse and thinking, oh my gosh, like, Sometimes I think I'm a pretty big deal. I got, like, I got a couple thousand followers on Instagram. Like, I feel like I'm a big deal. I'm not a big deal. There's a planet moving in front of the sun. Everyone in America is watching it. I'm not a big deal. It's a humbling thing. If you ever have one of those moments where you sit there and you wonder, what, God, is your will for me? And you're yelling it to the heavens. Open up your Bible and look at 1 Thessalonians. This is God's will to rejoice always, to pray without ceasing, to give thanks in all circumstances. This is the will of God in Christ Jesus, for you. This was the backbone, the foundation of the rule of seven. Check this out. This is the first thing. When it comes to the rule of seven, next one, pray for seven minutes. Right, this is easy stuff. Read for seven minutes. Give thanks for seven things. Fourteen minutes of your day. Pray for seven minutes. Give thanks for seven things. Get into God's word. Open up the Bible. Read something for seven minutes. And not just read it over and over again for seven minutes. We're going to talk about it. But to understand it, we're going to get into it, okay? So I want you to write this down. When it comes to prayer, check out this verse. 1 John 5, 14. If If you're one of those students, and I know there's a lot of you, who are like, and someone Instagrammed me this week about it. I feel so terrible. Jeremy, this kid Instagrammed me. I think I'm the junior high Instagram and was like, hey, could you just give me some verses? Like, what are some good verses to memorize? And I literally did not get back to him, so I feel like a total jerk, okay? But if you're one of those students who are like, I want to know verses to memorize, what would be some good ones to start? Or just good verses to start reading, to fill my day up with things I could, I could decorate and make beautiful with flowers and, and, and crinkly paper. I don't know what girls do with stuff. Boys, you, you can slop it with mud on your house, you know, yeah. wall. Yeah, there you go. This is a good verse to start with, and this is the confidence that we have toward Him. That if we ask anything, now imagine asking anything. I ask for crazy stuff sometimes. Listen, you know what I did today? I was talking smack about the football Buffalo Bills. They're my team. Listen, football season. Like I'm a, i I take football seriously. Okay, I don't know if you guys like football. You like football? Yeah, you right there? Yeah, you like football in the flowery shawl? Yeah, all right. I love football. Okay, I love football. Sassy, you like football? Yeah, I like football too. Okay, good. You like football, Antonio? Antonio? Now we're talking, baby. I love football. And I'm sitting there talking smack about the Buffalo Bills, and I'm thinking to myself, God, just let the Buffalo Bills win the Super Bowl this year. And then I get a text on my phone that says, Tyrod Taylor, starting quarterback of the Buffalo Bills, left the game with the Ravens with a concussion. He's out the rest of the game. And I'm like, why? Oh, no. I'm like crying. But you can ask God for anything. Even something that feels goofy, something that feels weird, weird. Something that feels like no one else on earth is asking for this, you can ask for that, because have confidence that we uh, have this confidence that we have toward Him. That if we ask for anything according to His will, He hears us. This is one we write down about prayer. <clears throat> this next slide, here we go. Pray for seven minutes, okay. Every day in here, if you've been doing the devotional, we start out in seven minutes in prayer. And I get, start off by giving you a couple ideas, okay? So here you go. Here's an example, okay? This is from day five. So this is from yesterday, if you did this yesterday. Seven minutes in prayer. Here's a few ideas for today. The place you live, that's something to pray for. Your siblings, if you have siblings, that's something to pray for. Your pastors and leaders, okay, that's something to pray for. Pray for them. Easy stuff. Then if you're like, well, what do I pray for? You can pray for teachers, parents, friends. Pray for your school. Pray for family. Pray for your enemies. But you know what you don't need to be taught to pray for? Anyone know? Yourself. Nobody needs to be taught how to pray for ourselves because we're great at praying for ourselves. Once a year, when you were younger, maybe you still do it, you go find your local mall and you walk into the mall with your family, maybe you have a younger sibling and they do it, and you find this guy, no job this guy, except for once a year. Once a year, he goes around the entire world breaking into people's houses, all right, breaking, entering, fel- felony, by the way, felony. Breaking into people's houses, leaving things, stealing food, eating cookie and milk like an animal, like a beast, okay? Santa Claus is who I'm talking about. No one needs to be trained, all right, in how to get up on a stranger's lap and say, hey, big guy, you know what I want? And then just give him the list. And here's the thing. We make our faith like that sometimes, don't we? We make our faith like the, the Santa Claus Christianity, well, this is what we do. Hey God, I want a, just a teddy bear and I want a new big screen TV, maybe 50 inch, nothing smaller than 50 inches. And, uh, God, please, if I can get the new Xbox One with the, the latest Halo game, limited edition, limited edition with the mask that I can wear. It's like, what do you get? Hey, we're so good at asking for things for us. We don't need to be taught how to ask for things for us. We need to be taught how to ask for things for other people, how to pray for other people. How to say, God, you know who I'm thinking about? I'm thinking of not me. I'm thinking of other people. listen, if you can spend seven minutes praying for other people and you can pray for yourself too. There's nothing wrong with praying for yourself. But we don't have to be taught how to pray for ourselves. We need to be taught how to pray for other people. How to pray for the people around us, the relationships around us, the things that are happening around us. If we can do that, we win. When we only pray for ourselves, we lose. Because Jesus, he didn't just pray for himself. He prayed for other people. He thought to God his father, but the people he spent time with, the family, friends. He prayed for, to his God his father and, you know, for Lazarus. He prayed to God his father, people he met who were sick, he healed them. Like He was constantly praying and thinking about other people. We're the ones who forget this. Okay, listen, I'm the worst of them all. I forget this all the time. So I needed to learn this and I want to teach it to you. We've got to remember to pray for other people. All right, here's the verse for you. 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is God, uh, is breathed out by God, and profitable for teaching, for reproof, correction, you know, correcting each other, um, and for training in righteousness. Okay? There's good things happen when you read the Bible. That's what I want you to hear when you see this verse. Good things happen when you read the Bible. Now, you might not know what those good things are going to be when you start, but I want to tell you, good things happen when you read the Bible because the Bible is profitable, Okay, it doesn't come back void. You ever, ever write, hear someone who like wrote a check to someone? You guys write checks, okay? All right, anyone ever Venmo someone money, and it's like the money's not in the account, and nothing gets venmo owed? owed? <laughs> I don't know how to say that in English, okay? Like, you know how when, you, when you're like, hey, I owe you five bucks, okay? And they're like, oh, yeah, totally. We pull out my wallet or my purse, and you look in there, and there's no money in there to give it to them. That means you're not profitable, okay? There's no profit in that. The scripture says that it is profitable. There's nothing in the Bible that comes back void. There's nothing in the Bible that comes back, and there's nothing in the account. You always get something when you get into the Bible. There's something you can always take away. Now, he uses this example because people understand the idea of finances. But sometimes people don't understand the idea of the spiritual accounts that we have inside of us. Like, the spiritual, gosh, I'm really blowing how I'm explaining this. Like, <laughs> inside every single one of us, either we are going to be filled up with God and the Holy Spirit, we're going to be filled up, or we're going to be running on empty. And you guys know what it feels like to run on empty. It's just like, ugh. And you just feel like every day is just the worst. And you feel like you, you and your relationship with God is really distant, and it's far apart. You know, the Scripture helps bring things close together. You know, here's the thing I want you to write down when it comes to Scripture. See so on the screen. Read for seven minutes. Start with John or Mark, which, by the way, anyone know what book we started with here? The answer is Mark, by the way. Okay, the answer is Mark, just for anyone. It is Mark. Okay, is that your name? Yeah. It, oh, okay. Mark's a cool name, though, okay? Yeah, it is. Well, he spells it with a K, not a C, so, all right, so, sorry. Hey, hey, it's it, hey. He spells it with a K, not a C. I'm sorry. So it doesn't count for you, sadly. Um, I'm sorry, it doesn't count for me. I don't know what you want me to say to the guy, all right? it counts Mark Mark it counts it counts I don't know why I said it didn't count I apologize hey, it counts All scripture is it is God breathing it counts okay start with uh, John or Mark get a devotional I can help you get a devotional Bible apps have devotionals you can do but it, it, here's the thing you just got to get into God's word now there's three things that we take a look at and we're going to take a look at I'm not going to write them down now because we're going to get into them when we actually look at what we looked at this day I want to go to the next verse This is what it says. I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. I will recount all of your wonderful deeds. Man, if you're looking for a verse to memorize, this is such a great verse. This is such an easy verse to memorize. It's like, oh my God, it's just so simple. But it's like that, that's who God is. That's who the Lord is. That's why we do all these things that we do. This is what it says. I want you to write this down. This is simple stuff when it comes to giving thanks. Give thanks for seven things. Sometimes it'll be a struggle to make your list, but seven things every day will make you joyful. You know, it's so easy to think about every day, all the things that are going wrong. Now, I don't know if anyone started school yet, okay? Some of you have started school, okay? Some of you have started school. And you get into school, and it's like, oh, your day's starting, and you're waking up, okay? And you're just like, oh, my eyes. You get the crusties out of your eyes. And if you're like me, you take those crusties, you put them in a little jar next to your bed, you save them up. To pull a prank on someone, all right? Nothing's more disgusting than sprinkling eye boogers on someone's eggs, okay? It's a real thing. You guys not do that? It's a prank of a lifetime, okay? It, it takes commitment. takes commitment. But if you save them up, that's a prank. I mean, that's a real prank. You put eye boogers, you collect them, you put them in a little jar, then you put that in a salt shaker when they shake it out. you got to, like, collect them. It is disgusting. It is disgusting. Yeah, it's gross, right? So here's a couple examples of things you can be thankful for. This is from day three, okay, this is from day three. Give thanks for seven things. Here's a couple examples. Ceiling fans. Who can't be thankful for a ceiling fan? Summer, who can't be thankful for summer? You can be thankful for summer, right? You thankful for summer, get a great summer. Fuzzy socks, who can't be thankful for fuzzy socks? Listen, that's just to get you started, but here's the thing, I just know this is true. You get into school, and you're already, like you wake up in the morning, you clean out your eyes, and you're like, oh, what do I have to do today? Oh boy, oh, I got a test today, and I got that math class, oh, I hope I don't get a pop quiz, and oh my gosh, I don't wanna go do this, and I don't wanna do that, and oh my God, I'm so stressed. It's so easy to pick out all the negatives that are happening. It's difficult sometimes to start your day being thankful for something. But you, you find, if you do it, that when you start your day with thankfulness, you start to see that you look at your day differently because you started it with thankfulness. You start to see, man, if I start my day with thankfulness, that even when difficult things happen throughout the day, like I, I still have this joyful spirit about me. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a look at what we went through in our devotional today. Put it up there on the screen. This is day number six. Go ahead, put it on up there. So next thing, go ahead. Nope, forget that, keep going. Boom, faith of mustard seed. So here's what we did in this devotional, okay? If you you have one at home and you haven't started it yet, you should start it. If you don't have one, you can get one. They're in the back. Jillian will make sure you get one before you leave. Jillian will, she's there in the blue shirt. She'll make sure you get one before you leave. And in addition to that, if you're like, oh man, I wish someone could email me one, just email me one and I'll email it to you. It's not even that big of a deal. Hey, I don't have a clock with me. I don't know what's going on. 6.04. 6.04? My gosh, I'm killing this. This is so good. should do this for a living, Jeremy. If only there was a job that allowed you to speak on stage to students, we should do that. Oh, wait, I have that. (laughs) All right? You can get this. It's so easy. So this is what we're going to do. I'm going to take you through exactly what we do. Because if you're thinking to yourself, oh, my gosh, this is so hard. Like, I don't understand how I can do that in seven minutes. This is easy. This is what we do. We read it. So let's read it all together. I'm going to read it out loud. I want you to read it in your minds, okay? So blue shirt in the front row. Blue shirt, blue shirt in the front row. All right, I want you to pay attention to this, okay? All right, pay attention to this, Nate. All right, here we go. I'm going to read it out loud. You're going to read it in your heads. Jesus said, how can I describe the kingdom of God? What story should I use to illustrate it? It's like a mustard seed planted in the ground. It is the smallest of all seeds, but it becomes the largest in the garden plants, all, all, ugh, of all gardened plants. It grows long branches and the birds can make nests in its shade. Jesus used many similar stories and illustrations to teach the people as, uh, as much as they could understand. In fact, in his public ministry, he never taught without using parables. But afterwards, when he was alone with the disciples, he explained everything to them. All right, so this is what I ask you guys to do. This is simple stuff. You read it once, and then I say, you should do this all over again. Read it all over again. Oh, my gosh, Justin, that's so much reading. You're going to be fine. Read it in your heads. I'm going to read it out loud because we're really going to get what it's saying. This is what it says. Jesus said, how can I describe the kingdom of God? What story should I use to illustrate it? It's like a mustard seed planted in the ground. It's the smallest of all the seeds, but it becomes the largest in all of all garden plants. It grows long branches, and the birds make nests in its shade. Jesus used many similar stories and illustrations to teach the people as much as they could understand. In fact... In his public ministry, he never taught without using parables. But afterwards, when he was alone with his disciples, he explained everything to them. So you read all three of these, and I put a couple tips in there, a couple things that you can read and learn. I'm not going to read them for you now. But then we start learning about what this has taught us. We take a look at step number one, Marcus. Step number one is what? Observation, okay? This is observing, okay? This is you being the detective. All right, you're figuring out, you're asking questions. Well, what did I see here? What did Jesus really say? Or what did the Bible say? What did the words say? Like, you, you are the investigator, and you're just l- writing out what you observed. So l- this is what I observed. I want you to see, this is not, you don't have to be a pastor to do this. you do not got to be a Christian for 20 years. You just got to be a, a guy or girl that says, man, I want to learn a little bit more about my faith. I want to learn more about Jesus. I want to have a personal relationship with Jesus. Here's some things I observed, Marcus, throw it up there. I observed that Jesus teaches in a certain way. He explains it later, but he uses parables a lot. That's simple stuff. If you are observing from the scripture what it says, you can easily see that. It says it right there. He likes to use parables. He uses them all. He actually, in his his earthly ministry, he's never not used parables. He gets his disciples together later and explains what it means, but he uses parables a lot. You know what else I observed in the scripture? How seeds grow. They can be small, but they can grow big. Now listen, you don't have to be a pastor or a Bible expert to observe these things. And you you're probably sitting there and you're like saying, Justin, this is that's easy stuff, Justin. Justin, you gotta you, you gotta go back to Bible college, Justin. This that's easy stuff. Anyone could observe these things. Yeah, but you know what? If you're saying that, then I'm so happy for you. And I'm sure you observed other things. Some of you, you're saying, oh gosh, like I I, I don't think I'd even totally caught that. Like I like seeing this, it's like, oh my gosh. That's a good thing. Having those really simple moments, those aha simple moments where you say, oh my gosh, that, that, that's easier than I thought it was. Like, I thought getting into the Bible and doing a devotional or doing the Bible study, like I had to know a bunch of stuff in order to do it. This is easy. Oh gosh, if this is what it means to take a next step in my relationship with Jesus, I can take a step like that. Just, you're just reading it and you're just listing out what you observe in it, it's simple. All right, you observe some things, which is really good stuff. You kind of see what's going on. Now we got to do the next thing. It's called, bum, 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 interpretation. This is you trying to, and I want to, I want to emphasize this, okay? This is you trying to, try, trying to understand what's written. Is every single one of you going to understand what's written all the time? Of course you're not. That's Okay. That's that's where you get these great opportunities to ask questions. You know, I look, and these are the things I I ask when it comes to interpretation. They're actually written down here in the devotional. Oh, my gosh, you guys should get one of these. They're just so good. What does the Bible passage mean? What do I learn when it comes to interpretation? What does the Bible passage mean? What do I learn? I've observed a bunch of stuff, but now it's time for me to try and understand it. It's try, time for me to try and get what it's saying. Like, you could read, I don't know if everyone's ever done a love letter, okay? Listen, I'm a romantic guy. A lot of people don't know this. I'm a romantic guy. Lindsay knows. She's been around my wife. Listen, you've talked to my wife. Doesn't she say all the time, man, Justin's just so romantic. It's like every conversation, she's like just dropping the mic on my romance and how sweet I am. I don't know why she does that, but she, because it's true. That's why. And every chance I'm getting to, what was that, Mark? What was that? Something you want to say? Every chance I get, I'm writing her a little poem. All right, something that rhymes. I'm I'm a master rhymer. Okay. Drop a dime into caller. You know, rhyme and dime. See how I rhymed those? Stupid. Thank you for that laughter. That was a pity. That was a pity laugh. And I, it's fine. Write her a little love letter. Okay. Your parents are probably done. This you ask your parents? You get home and be like, Mom, Dad, ever write? Ever write Mom a love letter? Dad, ever? You know, Mom, ever write Dad a love letter? Whatever. A little love text or something? I don't know. And If you just read it, if you just read, like, you know, so this, you know, this very nice thing, and all you do is read it, and you just say, like, oh, these are some nice observations. But you didn't make the connection to what it meant. It would make no sense. It's like someone putting together a big gazebo, Imagine a big, beautiful wooden gazebo. All the pieces of wood are laid out there for you. There's a screwdriver. There's a hammer. There's all the bolts and everything. And you take a look at the directions of how to build it, and you read it. You make all these observations. Oh, it looks like I'm going to need this. It looks like I'm going to need that. Okay, good. But you never understand what it means. So then you can never build the beautiful gazebo because you never understand what it means. Listen, when it comes to taking next steps in your faith, if all you do is observe what God's doing, but you never understand what he's trying to say, then we're missing it a little bit. So here, this is what I interpreted, this is very easy interpretation, this is what I saw, this is what I learned, okay? I, even when I think I can't for reason, and listen, here's the thing, and I give a lot of reasons, okay? You know, I'm the mustard seed. Like, I read this and I'm like, I oh, mean, I kind of feel like the mustard seed. Like, I feel like, you know, I'm really small and I feel like I can't. And I have all these reasons. Oh, I'm not smart enough. Oh, I didn't go to school for this. Oh, people know more than me or I'm too young or, or my hair's too short or all these other weird reasons. But even when I think I can't for reasons and I list them all out, I can. And here's another thing that I observed that I learned, <clears throat> that I interpret from this, that my small faith w- will grow so it should say will, my small faith will grow into big faith if I keep at it. That's what I interpret. I interpret this scripture as telling me that just like the mustard seed, that my faith will be small, but it will grow up to be big if I keep at it. Maybe Here's the thing I want to hear is maybe I'm wrong about what I interpreted in the scriptures. Maybe I read it, and I want to, there's freedom and there's permission here. Maybe I read it, and I'm way off, you know, this is all wrong. That's okay to be wrong when you're learning. What's not okay is not trying. How many times, if you play sports, how many times have you tried that that certain play or to throw the ball at that specific spot? You do gymnastics, how many times have you tried to land that perfect aerial whateverness? How many times, if you're a dancer, have you tried to hit the specific choreography? Would you ever look at it and say, man, I just can't do it. I'm not going to try. No, no. You try and you practice and you learn and you ask questions. You have someone coaching you. Listen, I'm not a coach. I'm a pastor. And I don't care about your skill. I care about your faith. And these things, if you might get it wrong, but that's okay. Because it's not about getting it right all the time. Sometimes It's about trying and asking questions and learning along the way. And here's the very last one. Okay? It's so simple. Application. Bum, bum, bum. Application. You know what application is? How is my day going to be different because of what I just read? You know why I tell you guys to start off your day doing this in the morning? Because I believe that if you get into God's word and there's something different that's happening, that you can then, I know this may sound shocking to you, this may sound completely crazy, but I actually think what you learn could actually have an influence on the rest of your day. I know that's crazy. This is so insane. So insane. Here's a couple very practical application things I walked away. Taking next steps in my faith. Uh, take, take next steps in my faith daily uh, I won't be discouraged if I don't know the answer to something these are applications I walk away, I read this I'm like you know what I can take steps, next steps in my faith daily you know what I won't be discouraged if I don't know the answer to something that's okay because faith is a mustard seed very very small but it grows and it doesn't grow overnight but it will grow into something big that it's okay if I'm not right all the time here's the deal as you're writing this down, because I know some of you are and I just love that, I wanna give you the big idea. I'm not gonna give it to you right now, I'm gonna count down, oh, it's right here. Marcus, go back. People were writing that down. All right, and I'm gonna count down from like 10, nine, eight. Okay, I'm gonna flip it when it gets to one. Seven, six, five, you ready to go? Four, write it down. Three minutes quicker to take a picture of it. Two, Marcus, you ready? One, all right, here's the big idea for today. When you go back to your parents, and they get you in the car, and they say, what'd you learn today? This is what you're gonna tell them. I learned that 14 minutes a day, uh, I can see, understand, and apply something that can change my day and over time my life. That's what you learned today. You learned that, fo- whoa, go back. You learned that 14 minutes a day, 14 minutes a day I can see, understand, and apply something that can change my day and over time my life. And so when they look at you and they say, what'd you learn? This is what you're gonna to say to them. And then you're gonna look back at your parents, and what are you gonna to say to them? That was lame. Let's try it again. You're going to look back at your parents, and what are you going to say to them? What did you learn today, Mom and Dad? Because, listen, if they're going to ask you, it means you're going to have to ask them, too. Here's the deal, guys. If you don't have a devotional, Jillian, she's gone, okay? She's fighting ninjas outside. You better be careful. Guess who just got promoted? Brian Hahn. Good promotion, Brian Hahn. Everyone give Brian Hahn a hand. Big promotion for Brian Hahn. If you need a devotional, Brian Hahn is going to give you one. He's in the back over there. I want I want you to have them. They are worth it. And if you need one of those little cards for Uganda, eighth graders, Lindsay is going to have those. Hey, guys, I love you. You're awesome. Listen, remember, life is better in JHM because you guys are in JHM. I'll see you guys next week. Have a good one. Bye.